before the show starts today. Just wanted to let you guys know and get access before anyone else. We have the brand new Off the Edge hoodies. They're for sale for 30 bucks. Go to our Instagram page, TikTok, anything, DM me, and I will make sure that you get one. They're 30 bucks. Try to make it as cheap as possible. Want you guys to have what the brands got. Uh, they're pretty sick. They got the Off the Edge logo on the back, and then on the front, left kind of like chest area, they have the thing that says, let's get this thing rolling. And yeah, so enjoy today's show. You guys have a fantastic day. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Welcome back to Off the Edge. I'm Jay Beasley. Today is March 4th, and on today's show, we'll talk about Kenny Pickett and his small hands. We'll talk about a little dummy explanation of what a blue blood team really is. Um, and I think that term is ultimately fading away in today's time, but we'll get we'll get to that. Uh, we'll discuss the significance of the postgame handshake and what Tom Izzo uh, had his words to say about that one. And then we'll wrap it all up with a five-star frenzy. And with all that said, let's get this thing rolling. Today is no normal day in the great state of Arkansas. No, it is not. On this Friday, March 4th, 2022, ladies and gentlemen, finally, the old people got it right. They did something right in the government. And I don't talk about the government a lot, but I'm going to talk about it today because they did the right thing for once in their godforsaken lives. Sports betting is officially legal in the state of Arkansas, if you're over the age of 21, which I don't know what, we'll get to that later, but sports betting is legal in this state, it is a great day, um, I don't think I've been more excited, and mom and dad, that's not me saying I'm going to blow all my money, but I can legally um, be more comfortable saying you should go with this line or that line, um, and the over-unders, and I can talk about that, and then I can actually look at it, other than just ESPN, like looking at it on that, I can look at it on an actual book which is going to be so nice. And then to my fans in Arkansas, I can, like, talk about really good, um, you know, they'll have good lines in our state with our casinos. And it'll be nice. I'm excited. So sports betting is officially legal here. They didn't release the app today because they're behind on schedule, which is a shocker because we're letting a bunch of people that have never messed with technology try to give us an app. Yeah, I said it. Um, but sports betting is legal in Arkansas now. So, yeah. Um, it, that's a good thing. That's a really good thing if you ask me. Okay, so let's get on to the combine. The NFL combine is going on right now. And Kenny Pickett, he's got tiny baby hands. By the way, Kenny Pickett does not have small hands. If he put his hand by mine, he would have big hands. All right, for, so from thumb to pinky, he his hands are like nine inches. That's the same size. Oh, who was it? I think Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow has the like, exact same size as him. And Patrick Mahomes was like, uh, 9.25 inches. You know, that that's crazy. Um, So let's let's talk about our small-hand quarterbacks and our big-hand quarterbacks real quick. Small-hand quarterbacks, uh, that consists of Joe Burrow, who in his second year went to the Super Bowl. I'm going to let that sit for a second. You just want to sit and think about that for a second? They, they said he wasn't going to be good enough to hold the ball because, uh, I don't know, you have more security if you're able to hold the ball. And uh, another small-hand quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, okay, there's some small-hand quarterbacks. You know, the future of the NFL, three guys that I just named, or at least two of them that I just named, and it's like, oh, those dudes have small hands, and they're literally 
probably the future of the NFL. So, um, you know, what do you think about that? Like, what do you actually think about that? Because I, I think this is a standard that is extremely old-fashioned. It disregards how athletic people are, how skilled people are. It also, like, totally acts as if people <laughs> – I mean, it acts like people don't have, like, like knowledge of the game – like sure, like certain things can make can make it harder. You're short guys in the NFL, but if they know the game well, they're gonna do well. Or if you run the route a certain way, you're gonna do well. So, I think it's stupid. I think it's old fashioned. Also, let's go through some big hand quarterbacks. I'll be really fair here. Um, Brett Favre, Russell Wilson, outstanding big hand quarterbacks, right? Well, Mark Sanchez also has giant hands. I think he had the some of the biggest hands on this list. And uh, oh yeah. Um, if 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 this is the standard, and I and I do think Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback, but by this standard, Dak Dak Prescott would be walking on water right now if big hands made that big of a difference. Dak Prescott would be walking on water if the standard was what the combine people are saying. So, um, yeah, I don't. I think it's a stupid standard. But uh, speaking of rookie QBs, wanted to talk about Malik Willis real quick. This kid has been making noise. He's a Liberty quarterback. Got to see him in person. He's really, really good. Um, but he just keeps proving himself. And, like, now all he has to do is do this combine. And if he, if he looks good, I mean, I don't see why he's not the first quarterback wrapped up. I know that's saying a lot, but he's got a lot of skill. A lot of people see him as the future of the NFL. I mean, he, he's a baller. He really is a baller. So I could see him uh, going on really early. He's performing extremely well right now at the combine. So keep it up, Malik Willis. Love to have you on the show, dude. Um, so, good. I mean, I this kid, he went from, like, kind of talked about, like, 15th pick, and then all of a sudden he just rose, like, bang. And now he's, now he's like, talked about everywhere. Also, I don't know what is going on with these unofficial times for the 40s. Dudes are, like, running 4-2s. And then the official time comes out, it's, like, a 4-3-9. And I'm, like, what? What idiot is standing with the stopwatch? It's like he just ran a four-two. I mean, that was the fastest thing I've ever seen. I don't even know what to say. Like, <laughs> let's just not talk about unofficial times because the only thing that that does is make a guy like me be like, "Oh my gosh, this guy's this guy is so so good. He's so cool." Um, so you know. Yeah. Unofficial 40 times are stupid, in my opinion. Okay, so now let's. This is the more main subject of the podcast today. What is a blue blood, Jay? Well, I had no idea really. I had like a, a rough grasp of it. You know, when I think of a blue blood, I would think of like um, UNC, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. Those teams are blue bloods. But are they blue bloods anymore? That's the question we're asking here because casual fans like me of college basketball would be like, that's a blue blood. Okay, <clears throat> let's discuss this. So a blue blood, per like the NCAA, is a team that has showed consistent years of domination within their conference. Okay, the NCAA tournament, and they were consistent, they've made consistent Final Four appearances along with multiple national championships. Okay, um, is, is this standard disappearing? Like, I would say Gonzaga is, but Gonzaga's in a pretty small conference, you know? So... <clears throat> I mean, look. Let's look at let's look at uh, let's look at the SEC or Big Twelve right now. Kansas and Kentucky are great examples. They the the level of competition within those conferences has gotten better, so that the those teams are now both at risk at losing more games and not dominating. I'm putting that in air quotes. 
by the way, they're not dominating their conferences. They're doing great. Those teams are outstanding teams, but they're not dominating like they used to because the level of competition has gotten better within those conferences, right? Now I look at a Gonzaga and it's like, oh, like, yeah, like, you're, they're just not in the biggest conference, and there'll be a lot of people that call them a hoax. I'm not sure yet, but that's like, that's just where it is. That it really, it, I don't know, and so like. If there's two teams, they got to leave no doubt. They, I mean, they can walk into opposing team stadium. So let's go back to Kansas and Kentucky. So Kansas can walk into, let's say, Baylor, or Kentucky can walk into Tennessee or Auburn or Arkansas, um, stadiums that you're not supposed to win inside. And back in the day, I remember when I was a kid at an Arkansas game, Kentucky, there was no doubt Kentucky was winning that game. You, you know, and, it, and when we did, it was just the craziest thing. So Kentucky... <laughs> Kentucky and Kansas, they can't do that anymore. So I, I really do think the term blue blood is losing its value. It's it's not it's not useful in today's game. It really isn't. You're not going to see teams dominating conferences unless it's at the smaller side of conferences. That's just how it is. The competition's getting better, and teams are getting better. Now, what can separate people is Final Four appearances and multiple national championships. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if we're going to see teams just like win national championship after national championship because we're getting more and more and more one and dones. So, uh, you know, level competition rises. I think the term's losing its uh, its value. I really do. Um, if your conference has a blue blood, I'll say this. If your conference has a blue blood in it, what does that say about your conference? What does that say about the state of it right now? Is it good? Like, do you want a blue blood in your conference right now? Because that means... Your team is getting ran week in and week out by this team. You're not at their level of competition. So that's my that's my two cents on it. Um, so, yeah. So let's move on to Izzo in the handshake, okay? This will uh, take us towards the end of this, towards the five-star frenzy for the night uh, or the day, I guess, depending on when you're listening to this. But Tom Izzo was asked... Hey Tom, Tommy boy, how how uh, how do you feel about people not handshaking? Well, let's let's understand that the reason we haven't been seeing handshaking at the end of games is because of COVID nineteen, and then we saw the Michigan coach who's now suspended for the whole season, regular season by the way. Um, we saw that the dude literally hit a guy. So, but because of COVID nineteen, um, w- pretty much the protocols. Uh, it was gone. What? So why why should we bring it back? In my in my opinion, why it should be brought back? Well, it's a part of the sport uh, for you to shake your opponent's hand, win or loss. Got to teach people how to buck up sometimes. So this is what Tom Izzo, Ozzo, Tom Izzo said. He said, "We've already taught. This is so bad. It's so funny. It's so dramatic. We've already taught these poor eighteen year olds that when you that when you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave." We've already we've already told these kids if you're not happy you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard, that it's hard uh, that it's too hard to hold hold them accountable. And now we're going to tell them not to man up and walk down the line uh, to somebody who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand. It's utterly ridiculous. That's uh, per ESPN when he was asked that. So I, I agree with him. I do agree. With Tom Izzo, yeah, I, it was a little dramatic the way he said it, but I do think that you got to man up and shake somebody's hands at the end of the game. That's just that's the way it's played. Uh, it teaches good sportsmanship. So, yeah, I I don't know. It, it seems like something that should be in uh, just 
it should be involved within the sport, honestly. Okay, so now now we're wrapping up, people. I'm going quick today, all right? I'm going a little quick, but don't be scared. It's okay to go a little fast through this sometimes. We are already at the five-star frenzy. On this five-star frenzy, we got number one. Oh, wait. You guys thought I was jumping into it. I'm not jumping into it yet. The five-star frenzy is brought to you by five-star beef jerky. Five-star beef jerky for the go. Five-star beef jerky. You can get some on Amazon right now using the code 15 off the edge. That's right, 15 off the edge on Amazon when you're checking out to get 15% off your purchase. That sounded like a good ad, didn't it, guys? I like that one. All right. <laughs> but seriously, go buy some five-star beef jerky. I love it. It's amazing. Um, the, all their flavors are really good. And I'm also a sucker for beef jerky. So, all right. The five-star frenzy. Drum roll. I'm doing a drum roll to myself. All right. Number one, John Morant. John Morant, he's really scared me. There's no reason he should be playing this good. Um, and he is. And this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of John Morant. So, I got to give him number one. He scored like 59 points the other night against the Bulls. What? This dude is on crack cocaine. He's on crack cocaine, people. This man's going crazy. So, John Morant's my number one. Number two, I'm going to give it to Small Hands Man himself. Kenny Pickett, don't listen to those people, bro. Small Hands, big deal. You know what they say? If I had nine-inch hands, I, I it's kind of like me when people are like, man, if I was only six foot, because if I was six foot, I you know... I'm not going to get into it, but, you know, if I was six feet tall, I'd feel a lot better about myself in sports. So, uh, I'm jealous that you have nine-inch hands, man. So you go ball out and tell everyone that's got big hands, screw you. I'm going to go ball out. So Kenny Pickett's our number two. Number three is Malik Willis. Malik Willis is our number three pick, the Liberty quarterback now going to the draft, who's just made waves throughout the draft. I'm going to give it to him. Number four, we're going to give it. To the man, the myth, the legend himself, Eric Musselman. Oh, I did that. No, there's a little home cooking for me. Number four goes to Eric Musselman. He only lost one game here at Arkansas, at, at Bud Walton this season. So, number four goes to him. And number five goes to, oh, I saw it. Oh, my gosh. Guys, don't, don't hurt me. I'm blanking on number five. I I had it. I, 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 I literally just erased it off my notes. All right, number five. Oh, you know who it goes to? It goes to the Lakers. This is a pity pick, by the way. This goes to the Lakers organization because it's time to rebuild. We'll get into that next podcast, but it's time to rebuild. LeBron, the castle's falling around you, man. You brought a bunch of oldies in, and look what happened. So, time to rebuild for the Lakers. So, number one, John Morant. Number two, Kenny Pickett. Number three, Malik Willis. Number four, Eric Musselman, and number five, the whole Lakers organization, because fix yourselves before everything falls apart like it already is. There's your five-star frenzy, and that's the show, guys. That's the show for the day. So, um, sports betting is legal in Arkansas. Um, once an app comes out, I'll let you guys know because I'm going to be using it, and uh, it, that's the greatest news I've heard other than, no, that's some of the greatest news I've ever heard in a while. So, this has been Off the Edge with Jay Beasley. Make sure to be and go bet responsibly. Be smart, but for goodness sake, thank the Lord it's already here. This has been Off the Edge. I'm Jay Beasley. Enjoy your sports betting on your books, and we'll see you next time. Peace.